Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori. And today, uh, it's probably a little bit overdue, but uh, today I want to talk about the Great Reset. And the reason I want to talk about that is because it's been a great concern for um, a lot of people um, that have contacted me with information about the Great Reset. So I just wanted to uh, really go into it a little bit, and I and I didn't want to get into the different sources because, as I've told you before, my my problem with the Great Reset is um, there's so many uh, Catholic sources that talk about it, which is 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 somewhat alarming. Um, also, there's other groups, individuals, people like uh, Glenn Beck, for instance, who who discuss it. I have some issues with him as far as, um, you know, some of the things that, that he believes, spiritually speaking. I'm entitling this In Lockstep with the Great Reset because I want to go back to Lockstep because the Great Reset, um, they'll tell you on the World Economic Forum, this is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, it's not a theory at all, actually. This is something they're talking about openly on CNN, and you can go to the World Economic Forum yourself. The name is coined by them, the Great Reset. So, and it is a a type of world government. So, and everybody needs to be on board with it. But anyways, I wanted to lock in the Rockefeller Foundation's document from 2010 which is entitled Scenarios for the Future of Technology and International Development. Now that was that report that was produced by the Rockefeller Foundation and the Global Business Network from May 2010. So almost 11 years ago now. And they had a scenario in there called the lockstep scenario. Now I've shared this before on the program, but I want to tie them both together because the whole idea of the Great Reset, according to the World Economic Forum, really hinges on the opportunity presented by the coronavirus. And remember that we've been talking since day one uh, on this show and, and in our ministry, uh, how and we actually had a video removed uh, from YouTube that the COVID-19 virus was a plan by the elite of the world it is a real virus but the numbers are also inflated so it's kind of a twofold thing because they need the numbers to be inflated so that they can use it as an excuse to take power so that's what you have the great reset is the excuse to take power and the rockefeller foundation file is really talking about how this would come about almost like a <laughs> prophetic if you will but Rockefeller is no prophet. So how did they understand this? Well, obviously, it wouldn't be hard to deduce that they've been planning it for a long time. You go to the event 201 where Bill Gates and the Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation basically did a, a, a virus mock uh, virus game where they had a pandemic scenario. It was a coronavirus also. And they, that happened just months before the virus hit. That happened in October 2019. It was called Event 201. 
individuals from different countries, leaders, medical professionals, UN people, they're all invited to that. And it was like a war game, in, if you will, but a virus game. So that it was like a mock uh, virus pandemic than how they would respond. So before we get into all this, I just want to remind folks about what the Bible has to say about human beings. If you go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's important for us to remember that because without, without Christ in our lives, it, the Bible says we're desperately wicked and our heart will deceive. It will deceive ourselves. So it's very important for me as a Christian and for anybody who out there is as a Christian that if you have someone in leadership that is very antagonistic towards Christianity, and I don't mean the church institutions because many times that's well-deserved, but I'm talking about the real, the, the true religion, you know, Jesus Christ and, and God. Um, if somebody's very antagonistic uh, towards that, that means that they're going to be left to themselves. You know, the, the Lord's influence and spirit will, will be removed from that person, and then they'll be left with this deceitfully wicked heart. So how can we expect to trust them uh, in their leadership positions when the Bible says that without him, we are wicked? I mean, I can't put it any better than that. Desperately wicked. So it's important for us to remember that. Now, I want to couple that with Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. Again, if you think about this as far as leaderships or e even in our own lives, uh, our ideas are always not his ideas. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, as Isaiah says. And if you have leadership that is antagonistic towards Christianity, they're left with that deceitfully, uh, desperately wicked heart, and obviously not trusting in the Lord and leaning on their own understanding. And that's a problem, because if, if we're doing that, then... We're going to be working against humanity. We're going to be working with and for Satan, whether we recognize that or not. We're going to be working for the destruction of ourselves and for the destruction of others. That's just how that works. And I'm going to couple that again with another quote from Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So things that seem right. So you have a couple of things here. If you lean on your own understanding and you do things that seem right in your eyes, and you, you may at this point be deceived, probably most likely deceived by your own heart and making desperately wicked decisions, the end of those ways will lead to death. Not only spiritual death, but death of others, death of life itself, death of economies, death of you name it. 
that's what man produces. That's what we, we produce without God. God is the God of life. Satan is the God of death. And anyone who chooses sin is choosing his government. Therefore, you are going to create the works. Now, keep all that in mind when you think about some of the things I'm going to read to you today. Because some of the things I'm going to read to you today, they're going to sound good. But to remember that if, if these ideas that people have are not consecrated to God, if they're not seeking to do his will, then where are they going to lead to? They're going to lead to death. And the hearts of these individuals are desperately wicked. And that's not something that they can help. So we all need Christ and we all, we all need his righteousness because we have none. So without further ado, I want to go back to the lockstep scenario. And I'm going to go, the lockstep scenario in the scenarios for technology and international development. Remember again, May 2010. Um, the lockstep scenario is pages 18 through 25. The quote I'm going to take from you for you today is from 19 and then 21. So keep in mind, this is what the Rockefeller said would happen after this pandemic, which, which is, is COVID, you know, uh, now it doesn't say that in, in the actual scenario, but that's what we've, we've seen. So it says this during the pandemic, national leaders around the world flexed their authority and imposed airtight rules and restrictions. Now we've seen that happen. We've seen that come to fruition. From the mandatory wearing of face masks to body temperature checks at the entries to communal spaces like train stations and supermarkets. Even after the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. Did you hear that? After the pandemic faded, this more authoritarian control and oversight of citizens and their activities stuck and even intensified. So that's what we can expect in the future. In order to protect themselves from the spread of increasingly global problems from pandemics and trans transnational terrorism. Interesting, transnational terrorism. Now they're calling people on the who are conservatives like, well, Conservative groups and even some some really far right out there groups like QAnon and stuff like that. They're calling them domestic terrorists, which is insane when you think about Antifa and Black Lives Matter, what they've done uh, in comparison to the other groups. However, I'm not saying either group is good. I'm just I'm just saying very interesting how only one's a domestic terrorist and the other's not. But anyway, from pandemics to transnational terrorism to to environmental crises and rising poverty and the rising poverty of course is caused by them they created the crisis now they have their solution hegelian dialectic uh, at play here now they moved into the environmental movement the environmental issue it says leaders around the world took a firmer grip on power we're seeing that happen. Continuing on, it says, at first, the notion of a more controlled world gained wide acceptance and, and approval. 
citizens willingly gave up some of their sovereignty and their privacy to more paternalistic states in exchange for greater safety and stability. Now, I know from experience, from talking to other people out there, that there are a lot of people that do want that. They do want that. They want basically a, a socialist version uh, of capitalism, I guess. They want, they want perfect safety, security, job security, and vacations and everything else. That's what they want. So they willingly give up their power why, or give up their sovereignty. Why? And their privacy. Why? So that they can have more safety and security and stability and that they can get on with their lives. A lot of people are ready to do that now. Citizens were more tolerant and even eager for top-down direction and oversight. And national leaders had more latitude to impose order in the ways they saw fit. In the developed countries, this heightened oversight took many forms. Biometric IDs for all citizens, for example, and tighter regulation of key industries whose stability was deemed vital to national interests. In many developed countries, enforced cooperation with a, a suite of new regulations and agreements slowly but steadily restored both order and, importantly, economic growth their solution to the problem they created. Now, if you keep reading on, it talks about specific countries and kind of what they did. It talks about people pushing back, um, but then it ends uh, on page 21 by saying this. By 2025, now in their scenario, the pandemic hit in 2012, so that would be roughly 13 years after. So it says this, by 2025, people seem to be growing weary of so much top-down control and letting leaders and authorities make choices for them. Wherever national interests clashed with individual interests, there was conflict. Sporadic pushback became increasingly organized and coordinated as disaffected youth and people who had seen their status and opportunity slip away largely in developing countries, incited civil unrest. In 2026, protesters in Nigeria brought down the government, fed up with the entrenched cronyism and corruption. Even those who liked the greater stability and predictability of this world began to grow uncomfortable and constrained by so many tight rules and by the strictness of national boundaries. The feeling lingered that sooner or later, something would inevitably upset the order, the neat order that the world's governments had worked so hard to establish. So basically, governments working together and ruling the people ends up with some type of far-right movement that begins to push back. And at the end, they, they kind of leave it open there. They say... The feeling lingered that sooner or later, something would inevitably upset the neat order that the world's governments had worked so hard to establish. I think that might be perhaps the King of the North's whirlwind that comes. Who knows? Uh, that's just a thought, but who knows? However, they seem to imply that there's going to be some type of pushback, some type of overthrow, perhaps at the end. 
of this alt-left uh, movement that will be sort of a world government situation. Now, if you go to the website of the World Economic Forum, I have an article written by Klaus Schwab. He's the founder and executive chairman of the World Economic Forum. This was written June 3rd, 2020. The title is Now is the Time for a Great Reset. That's the title. All right, you can find this at https colon forward slash forward slash www.weforum.org slash agenda slash 2020 slash six slash now is the time for a great reset. Now let's go through some parts of this article. It says, there are many reasons to pursue a great reset. See, the word is not, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is their phrase. Phraseology is theirs. There are many reasons to pursue a great reset, but the most urgent is COVID-19. Having already led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, the pandemic represents one of the world's worst public health crises in recent history. And with casualties still mounting in many parts of the world, it is far from over. This will have serious long-term consequences for economic growth. Public debt, public debt. You know, a lot of people have sort of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Christians I know that have gotten political over um, the last few years, especially with all the good things they thought Trump was doing. However, you got to remember that when this pandemic hit and we did close down, he was pivotal in making sure that we went trillions and trillions of dollars deeper into debt. Now, I would expect that from the other cronies, but I wouldn't expect that from someone who was a legitimate president, which would make you question. So either way, I think with what we're seeing, God has allowed things to happen in such a way uh, that people could see the corruption. However, they don't seem to be too bothered by it. But anyways, it goes on. Long-term consequences for economic growth. COVID will have long-term consequences for economic growth, public debt, employment, and human well-being. According to the Financial Times, global government debt has already reached its highest level in peacetime. Moreover, unemployment is skyrocketing in many countries. In the U.S., for example, one in four workers have filed for unemployment since mid-March. And with new weekly claims far above historic highs, the International Monetary Fund expects the world economy to shrink by 3% this year, a downgrade of 6.3 percentage points in just four months. Left unaddressed, these crises, together with COVID-19, will deepen and have the world even less sustainable, less equal, and more fragile. Incremental measures and ad hoc fixes will not suffice to prevent this scenario. We must build entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems. You know what he's, he's saying with all those uh, fancy words? He's saying what we need to do is we need to, to get rid of all your rights. We need you to give them to us. We need you to trust us with all the finances. We need you to give us all of the power. And then we, unelected officials uh, who just run this 
other world government, so to speak, than we invite leaders to, we're going to control everything and then everything's going to be okay. That's essentially what he's saying. Keep in mind that the Hegelian dialectic scenario that's going on, they've created the crisis and now they're going to give the solution. It goes on, it says the level of cooperation and ambition this implies is unprecedented. The level of cooperation and ambition this implies is unprecedented. It's going to require a lot of cooperation from us. But it is, it is not some impossible dream. In fact, one silver lining of the pandemic it is that it has shown how quickly we can make radical changes to our lifestyles. Almost instantly, the crisis forced businesses and individuals to abandon practices long claimed to be essential, from frequent air travel to working in an office. Likewise, populations have overwhelmingly shown a willingness to make sacrifices for the sake of healthcare and other essential workers in vulnerable populations, such as the elderly. And many companies have stepped up to support their workers, customers, and local communities in a shift toward the kind of stakeholder capitalism, keep the phrase in mind, stakeholder capitalism, to which they had previously paid lip service. Clearly, we, the will to build a better society does exist. We must use it to secure the great reset that we so badly need. That will require stronger and more effective governments. You hear that? Stronger governments. That's what they need. Stronger and more effective governments. Though this does not imply the ideological push for bigger ones. No, they'll just be extremely powerful. That's all. And it will demand private sector engagement every step of the way. That's you and me, folks. Every step of the way. You must be in lockstep with the Great Reset. The Great Reset agenda would have three main components. The first would steer the market toward fairer outcomes. To this end, governments should improve coordination, for example, in tax, regulatory, and fiscal policy. Upgrade trade arrangements and create the conditions for a stakeholder economy. At a time of diminishing tax bases and soaring public debt, governments have a powerful incentive to pursue such action. Moreover, governments should implement long overdue reforms that promote more equitable outcomes depending on the country. These may include changes to wealth taxes, the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies, and new rules governing intellectual property trade and competition. Now this sound it, it sounds okay when you when you hear it, but what they're saying is a more equitable and fairer outcomes. What they're saying is only the people that they want to win will win. Only the people they want to be successful will be successful. And anybody else who they feel is or they deem is spreading quote unquote misinformation and things like that, they're going to be the losers in this new world. This great reset is a reset of your rights. It's a reset of your privacy. It's a reset of all the inalienable liberties that God has given to us. It's, it's a total antithesis of what the founders wanted for this country. They're going to take control of intellectual property, trade, and competition. They're going to regulate it all. I don't know if you guys um, have dealt a lot with, with the government itself, but I have. 
And I'll tell you that the government, the more stuff that they control, um, usually when they take control of something, it's run very poorly. Whereas usually the private sector runs it much more efficiently. However, if they're going to be regulating everything, can you imagine what our world's going to be like? It's going to be just your corporate world, um, institutionalized, no free thinking sort of world. That's the world we're going to be living in. And they're planning on they they already wanted to start in, uh, implementing this in January. However, I guess the the idea is they're going to start in in springtime of this year. Um, so this is something we might have to look forward to. But it goes on. It says the second component of a great reset agenda would ensure that investments advanced shared goals such as equality and sustainability. That means if you're not green enough, according to them, you don't have a business. Um, if there's too many black people or there's too many white people or there's too many Hispanic people at your job site or in your job or in your business and you don't have the right diversity numbers, you'll be closed down also. This is the type of world. Here, the large-scale spending programs that many governments are implementing represent a major opportunity for progress. The European Commission, for example, has unveiled plans for an $826 billion recovery, billion dollar recovery fund. The US, China, and Japan also have ambitious economic stimulus plans. Rather than using these funds, as well as investments from private entities and pension funds to fill cracks in the old system, we should use them to create a new one that is more resilient, equitable, and sustainable in the long run. This means, for example, building green urban infrastructure and creating incentives for industries to improve their track record on environmental, social, and governance metrics. The third and final priority of Great Reset Agenda, agenda is to harness the innovations of the fourth industrial revolution to support the public good especially by addressing health and social challenges. That means if you're one of these people that, that doesn't want to take a vaccine, you're going to be branded as somebody who is, uh, who is an enemy to public health. Things like that will happen. It, basically, freedom of conscience is going to be severely diminished, if, if not completely destroyed, by what this plan plans on implementing. During the COVID-19 crisis, companies, universities, and others have joined forces to develop diagnostics, therapeutics, and possible vaccines, establishing testing establish testing centers, create mechanisms for tracing infections, that's contact tracing, that means, that means basically knowing the ins and outs of each of every person's life so they can know who they've been in contact with, so they can quote unquote chase, trace the infection. That's the pretense that they use for being so, so deeply involved into your life that they don't need warrants or anything to, to go into your house, things like that. It's almost like the, in the revolution, they had writs of assistance. Basically, the, the troops, the British troops, could just go into your house if they suspected you of, of having anything. Um, they didn't have to, they didn't even have to know what they were looking for. They could just say, oh, we think you, you're, you're doing something wrong, so we're going to check your entire house. Well, now that same pretense could be used for, oh, we think you might be infected because you, you had, you, you were traced, you know, to this other person. 
So now we have to, you know, check you and check all your family. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. One of you, one of you has it, you know, so now we're going to have to quarantine you and take you away from your family. We'll see what, how it all unfolds, but it sounds like a way too much power to me to give to any person, never mind a government. It goes on uh, to finish. Imagine what could be possible if similar concerted efforts were made in every sector. That's what they want. Absolute control. Total and absolute control, folks. So we just, we're coming up on, on tough times. And we don't know how long the King of the South pushes before the King of the North comes back like a whirlwind. We don't know. Could be some time. It could, this could go on for years. This could go on for a decade. Uh, if it follows the lockstep scenario, it's it goes for over, you know, 13, 14 years before there's any real response. So we'll have to see. But there will be, in the midst of this, there will undoubtedly be a revival um, of true Christianity. And there will also be a false revival that will simultaneously take place. That's what we're told. And in the end, we remember, folks, keep keep your eyes on the prize, keep your eyes on Christ, but remember that it's it's Protestantism that unites with Catholicism to implement a Sunday law. That will be the final movement. So however this all works out, we don't know. We don't know what kind of awful world that we're stepping into. We know it's been getting worse and worse and worse. But I can tell you this, folks, if you're someone like me, in 2020, it was very tough to see the things that were going on in the country, to just see the pain, the destruction of uh, the middle class and people's businesses, entrepreneurship, and 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 really the American dreams of so many people went out uh, because, of the because of the virus lockdowns, because of uh, the riots. And then, you know, on, on both sides, uh, eventually speaking with the, the U.S. Capitol, I know there were some Antifa members. There was also some right-wing members in there too. So you have to uh, look at it from both sides. But either way, folks, we all have to come to terms that if this is happening, that it's God's plan. And we need to submit to God's plan, whatever that plan is. And be ready to stand uh, for the truth, though the heavens fall. We got to make sure that we get these three angels' messages out to everybody, because there we don't know how many of Christ's sheep are are still confused and lost, and we have to get this message to them before it's too late. But as far as the United States is concerned, I have let go of the United States in my heart. I was a patriot, am a patriot, love America, um, fought for the country. But we have to come to terms with the fact that the country, the country is, is gone. It's over. There's no, there's no turning this around. There's the, the Jesuits are too far entrenched. The, the only thing that could, could turn it around is a miraculous event from God, uh, a miraculous thing from God. But we're not told that that's going to happen. We're told that this this continues to get worse and worse till we have this world government, till we have a Sunday law, until the papacy is enshrined. We, the the merchants of the earth, the kings of the earth, the harlot daughters, they're all work the churches, Protestantism, they're all working together towards this goal, and it's going to get worse and worse. And it, there will be martyrs, there will be death. It's not a time to fight. 
It's a time to fight with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what time it's for. So if there are things in your life right now, folks, that are keeping you from having a closer relationship with God, whether it's your television, perhaps, or, um, you know, perhaps it's uh, it's something at work or something in your life. Perhaps it's your computer or internet itself. Whatever it is that is is keeping you from having a closer relationship with the Lord, I would highly, highly encourage you to, to give those things up that you might get closer to Christ and that you would learn um, from Him by reading the Bible, taking our devotion time series, taking our diet series, and of course, getting this message to others. So with that, I'm signing off. Uh, Hopefully we'll catch you guys next time. God bless.